feel of light coming to me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose, and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories, and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Money is something we all want if we're truly honest with ourselves. And as entrepreneurs, we can do everything in our power to strive for and earn it. So then why is it so hard for us to get it? Well, if you've been listening to my podcast long enough, then you'll know that the answer is limiting beliefs. Here to talk about the primary limiting beliefs that are holding us back from achieving our financial goals is Dr. Amanda Barrientes. Dr. Amanda is an NFA money healer who helps coaches and online entrepreneurs work less and make more using her proprietary NFA money formula, less stress and more profits guaranteed. After going from food stamps to building six-figure business fast, it has become her inspired mission to help a minimum of 5 million entrepreneurs break through their money blocks so they can build businesses they love and give them the time and money freedom they want. Amanda, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, Pauline. I love to talk about money. Money can be a sensitive, touchy subject when we get down to the core of it, because there's a lot of beliefs about money that we either grew up with or we gathered along the way as we lived our life. But I want to just get some clarity first because I introduced you as an NFA money healer using your NFA money formula. So you're a doctor, there's MBAs, PhDs, and now we got NFA. What <laughs> NFA and why did you name your company NFA? Yes, it's an attention getter for sure. So it stands for no fucking around. And in the original version of my company, it was NFA coaching. And then I really transitioned in big ways into focusing on money a lot and all the conversations around money and all the transformation around money. So I thought, oh, NFA money is perfect. And it's a really fun story. It actually started in high school. My dad and I decided to create a volleyball league and they, we needed one adult. And I was like, dad, let's get all my friends together and we'll beat all the adults in this volleyball league. And I named us team NFA. And of course we won. And then in all the years after that, and all my athletic endeavors, I named my team's team NFA. And then one day when I was coaching someone in business, he said, you know, what you do really works for me. You're like my tough love dad, but you're also really soft and sensitive and it really works. And I said, well, I'm not fucking around about your transformation. I really care. And it like struck me that I said that, and I shared the story with someone at a networking event. And then I put it on my 
Instagram bio. And I said, NFA transformation. And I've gone from food stamps to six figure. Let me help you have an NFA transformation. And this woman found me on Instagram. She's like, I love that. You need to come on my podcast. And then on her podcast, she has a brander and she's like, you've got to use that term. And I'm like, really? So I stayed up literally all night <laughs> thinking, am I really going to have the F word in my company name? <laughs> and I was at the beginning stages of my business. And I couldn't sleep. And whenever I have that feeling like I got to do this, I just went for it. So it's been NFA ever since. That's awesome. It's a bold move because, you know, it can either repel or attract people. And I can imagine that when it comes to your transformation, especially people are spending money, they don't want to mess around with this. Let's get down to business. So I appreciate you showing up boldly and helping entrepreneurs with their money blocks. I would say limiting beliefs plague my ability to attract money to myself. So I am sure I am not alone in that. So I'd love to hear from you. What do you feel are entrepreneurs' primary limiting beliefs around money? I didn't come up with that term, but the reason I started to dive into money blocks is because I've never met an entrepreneur who doesn't have them. So when you were talking, I was thinking you're definitely not alone. Every single person has money blocks and we, we go through them in cycles. So, you know, you all of a sudden you'll think, oh, I broke through that money block and then something will happen in your life or your business. And then all of a sudden here you are facing it again in a new way from kind of a different angle. And so the main money blocks that I see people come up against over and over again, have a pattern to them. And I found these out through doing money stories with all of my clients. I have a process I take them through to help them write a money story because I knew that this is such a limiting factor for people where it causes fears around sales, imposter syndrome, doubt, insecurity, shame. I mean, just so many things are wrapped up in money and the relationship to money. And so as they were writing their money stories, I just kept hearing the same things over and over and over again different experiences when they were kids, but it would lead to the same sabotage cycles for people. And so what I came up with is the top three is money is bad. Money is scarce and money causes stress. And underneath these are a lot of sub beliefs. So if you have the belief that money is bad, this usually comes from a place often of being raised in a religious family, like that idea that money is the root of all evil. It could be that you were told it's spiritual or better somehow to be humble and to not have a lot of money, that kind of thing, or it's bad adults. It'll show up in their business as it's not spiritual to make too much money, or I shouldn't be charging for this because this was this gift I was given by the universe or God or whatever the belief system is. And I shouldn't really be charging for it. So there's a lot of guilt around money and it just causes people typically to undercharge and over deliver because they want to be on the over giving side and the under getting side. (laughs) So then in the money is scarce. People have this belief that it's either, or it's very black and white and they go, I I can't have both money and a, a great relationship, or I don't have time to take care of my body and build my business. So they'll always be thinking when I get to success at some point, then I'll take the time to do that because there's this scarcity mentality around it. And so there's a lot of limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. Like there's not enoughness. I'm not enough. My business isn't enough. I don't know how to do it. My products and services. I don't know if they get results or or maybe they're not getting good enough results to charge the amount that I think I should charge that kind of thing. And then in money causes stress, this one's interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs have this because they're real go-getters and they often will put a lot on their plates. And so they overwork, but they don't look at the ways that it's 
easiest to make money because they have this belief that money causes stress. So they avoid looking at it, which causes them actually to work harder and then keep that belief going of money causes stress. And so we see these come up over and over and over again in various ways. I'm sure something I said resonates with people because like, oh, I've had that before. <laughs> I feel like it all resonates with me. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Got that one. Yep. Money has <laughs> to work hard for my money and money is going to be stressful. If I get wealthy, what does my marriage look like? Will it change the way we interact. And my parents, one of the main reasons they got divorced was because of money. So yeah. I'm sure that played a huge part. I'm just curious, just because I have you on the phone. The great thing about having a podcast is you get to ask the questions and learn about things that are personal to you. So I grew up without arms and legs and people would give me money out of pity. Like they mm. would feel sorry for me. So they would give me money. So mm -hmm. I've always gone back to that when I started working on my limiting beliefs around money as well. Do I deserve that? Or is, is it a mm -hmm. form of like, I'm really trying to uncover what, where do you think that would fall into one of those? Yeah, that's so interesting. I just was having a conversation with my husband the other day about this exact thing about feeling less than, because I grew up in a community of wealthy people. My mom was the housekeeper for their families. So I was one of the only brown people in the whole community. <laughs> and I always had this feeling like, oh, I'm less than. And so I always wondered if people were giving me things because they felt sorry for me versus because I was just valuable and worthy in and of myself. And so that resonance there of like us thinking people are giving us stuff out of pity and we're not really earning it. Cause there's this big idea around we've got to earn our money. Right. Instead of just knowing we're valuable in and of ourselves, like we're powerful, we're valuable, we're deserving, we're abundant, those kind of things. So that's big to, to say and think. And it, it's amazing to me that you have the reflective awareness to go like, Oh, are people feeling sorry for me? And how does that show up? I'm curious for you. How do you think it shows up in terms of when you have money exchanges? Do you notice that there for you? Yeah. So I feel like when I'm dealing with an exchange of money, it comes up with me having to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that also because of my disability to be looked at on equal ground as my able-bodied peers, I guess, yeah. I would have to work 10 times harder to be on equal playing field. So because I didn't want people to penny me. You know, at yeah. one time I had a professor who said, okay, it's a 10 page paper, but because I understand it takes longer for you to type and such, you can write a five page paper. And I was like, oh, this is a student's every dream, <laughs> like a college student's Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was like, no, I don't want to do that because I want to be considered yeah. equal in terms of my achievement with my peers. So I feel like I tend to have to work harder to justify this amount of money that other coaches. Yeah. Charge. You know, it's interesting because it brings up something that's so clear. I, I often talk to people about how we have this infatuation with wealthy people. And then we also have this pitying of people who we think are poor and we try to quote unquote, save them. Right. And that is just as detrimental as holding people on a pedestal, because exactly what you're talking about, you feel disempowered. You're like, no, hold me the same standard as everyone else. I'm just as worthy, just as valuable, and I can do it too. And that's why this ties into not giving away things for free in our businesses and with money exchanges, because it actually devalues the person that you're giving the thing away for free. 
So often people will think it's nice. It's a gift. I'm helping, I'm serving, but you're actually disempowering the person that you're doing that with, you know? So like when your professor said that it didn't make you feel like, oh, great. Thanks. I feel worthy and valuable. It made you feel like, wait a second. I want to be judged by the same standard. Everyone else is judged by here. Right? Yes. Yes, exactly. So I know I'm still in the baby steps of having to work through my money beliefs in that, but I have the awareness now of what may be contributing to my possible self-sabotage when it comes to money. And I love how you say, because of our limiting beliefs, especially this limiting belief that we have to work hard for our money, that we don't even see the easy ways of making money, like (laughs) fruit. Yeah, we see it and we're like, it can't be that easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been a big one for me is thinking you've got to work hard to make money. And so I've been training my brain in the direction. My mantra for 2021 was work less, make more, have fun. And I'm always looking, are there easier ways to make money? And I used to feel really guilty about that. You know, I'd be like, I didn't earn it. So why should I make easy money? Like, that's not fair somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, bring it on. I want the <laughs> easiest, fastest, most fun ways to make money. And this is where wealth and, and And building your wealth becomes a fun money game where you go, oh, I can see how people whose net worth is hundreds of millions of dollars, they didn't do that by hard work. They did it by smart work, right? They did it by strategically using their money to make money for them. Because I wouldn't say it's impossible to work your way to multi-millions. You can definitely work your way to a million, but you're going to work pretty hard. If you strategically use your wealth to think of easy, fun, passive income stream ways to make money, then that's when the big bucks come in. And so you've got to start to train your brain in this wealth consciousness of what's a joyful, easy, fun way to make money. And, and it doesn't happen through hard work. Okay. So how does it happen? It happens through your wealth consciousness being set in the frequency of wealth building. So you could be a really happy, poor person and not be tapped into the frequency of wealth, right? Or you could be a miserable, wealthy person and be tapped into the frequency of making money, but not necessarily into the frequency of joy. And so you want to be testing where am I making money and joy? Am I having fun serving the people I serve? Am I having fun talking about money? What's your relationship with money? You know, I actually did a podcast interview earlier and and she said something and I was like, oh, interesting. Like she was talking about fear around money and how many people fear money and they dread it. Like when we, they go to do their books or something, they dread it. And just imagine this, you cannot attract what you fear or hate. (laughs) You're not going to build your wealth if you're fearing money and you're hating money. So you've got to learn how to have a co-created flowing relationship with money where money's just flowing your way. You feel good about it. You're accelerating it because you appreciate it and what you appreciate appreciates. So it's creating this healthy, conscious, connected, loving relationship with money versus one of fear, doubt, uncertainty, guilt, shame, frustration, that kind of thing. Okay. So you are obviously credible in what you teach going from food stamps to six figure business. And I know that you can't possibly release yourself of all these limiting beliefs and get to where you need to get to achieve that wealth consciousness in one conversation. But if someone, you brought this idea of you can't attract what you fear and there's that aha moment. What is one thing that they could maybe start doing to tap into that wealth consciousness? 
Yeah. And I want to clarify here because this is really important. You attract your fears. You just think you're not. So what happens is people go, law of attraction doesn't work because I want to attract money. And what you're really attracting is your fear of debt and your fear of not making enough. (laughs) So it's that subconscious belief of like, oh, I, I think I'm tapped into wealth consciousness because I love money. You could logically say I love money, but then you've got all these underlying fears and that's the bulk of you. It's 95% of you and your subconscious going, I'm afraid I'm never gonna have enough. I don't know how to make more. I don't wanna look at it. And so you avoid looking at it and the money is repelled away from you and the debt gets attracted to you or the lack of money gets attracted to you because what you're really focusing on is the lack piece. So I just wanted to clarify that (laughs) for listeners. The first thing that they can do, that's really powerful in my NFA money formula, it's three steps. You've got to recognize your blocks. And here we're talking money blocks, recognize your money blocks. So Carl Jung says, until you make your unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So your number one first job is to start to get conscious of what is unconscious for you. And most people go like, well, if I knew that, of course I would change. So it's your job to start looking into yourself and becoming a self-reflective aware person and go, what do I believe about money? So the easiest step here is to, they can take my money blocks profile. Of course, that's very easy to help you start to see your unconscious blocks. Also, you want to be asking yourself, what do I believe about money? What do I believe about wealth? Um, I have people write down the words, wealthy people are blank and start looking at it or making money is blank and start seeing what do I really believe about money and just start playing with it and digging in. And then in the second step, you want to reframe your money beliefs. So you've got to start reframing your beliefs. So first you're getting conscious, you're recognizing your blocks, then you're starting to reframe your beliefs because once you recognize them, you can either choose, do I want to keep believing what I've been believing or do I want to reframe and believe something else? And so this is about conscious reframes where you go, I believe this and I choose to believe this. And that's where we work with our limiting beliefs that are holding us back and go, okay, I'm just retraining my brain in a new direction because your brain is an operating system that goes past the least resistance because it's energy efficient, right? So if you have a belief that's unconscious and running as a habit, it's going to go to that one every single time until you decide to create a new pathway. And so you've got to start retraining your brain in a new direction through reframes like affirmations and daily personal growth and development. Um, I have people write their money story here so that they start to retrain their brain in a new direction, learn how to do reframes. Then on the third step, you're rewriting your money reality. And this takes repetition. To rewire your brain takes repetition, right? So let's think of this, the car example. You get in the car and you don't have to think every time, oh, I got to push on the brakes, the clutch, the steering, the this. I mean, there's a lot of things we do when we drive a car. And thankfully it's automatic because you've trained your brain in such a direction to remember all of those parts and it's your go-to. So that would be a system where you've trained your brain for success to drive down the road easily. You want to do the same thing with money, beliefs and and any beliefs that you want to change. You want to train your brain in the direction of autopilot beliefs that get you into autopilot habits that lead to your success instead of the ones that are holding you back, having a whole bunch of inner critic doubt and beat up and imposter syndrome and uncertainty and fear of sales and fear of success and all of the things that keep us really stuck. Okay. So recognize, reframe and retrain. Yeah. And rewrite, rewrite, which is the part of rewriting is to rewire your brain, get different results. Okay. So tell me about how you did it, because I think through stories we learn and connect with people. So your story, food stamps, six figures fast. I don't know how fast that was. So I'd love to hear your personal story. 
Yeah. You know, I don't like to promote this idea of overnight success because I think that gets people really stuck. It's like, oh, I'm going to be successful in my business and, you know, week one, and then they give up really quickly because that's not the way it is. I started planting the seeds at the time of this recording. It's 2021. I, in 2017, 18 was on food stamps and I was in grad school. And for me, what had happened was years before that I had left my 15 year marriage, having an affair. And then my new relationship wasn't working. So here I am laying on the basement floor one night that my boyfriend had moved out. All of his stuff was gone. So the basement was empty. And I was just looking at the basement floor and just crying and just like, Oh my God, my life is a mess here. I don't know where I'm going to live. I had spent the day looking in the paper for places to live. I couldn't afford anything. I was going to see this free counselor and she's like, you got to go on food stamps. So I had a lot of shame and embarrassment and fear and doubt. And a lot of my friends had a lot of money because I lived in a really expensive place. And so I just felt way less than and negative and bad and in this victim mentality for quite a long time. And I was laying on the floor and I had this epiphany like, what's the common denominator here? And it was me. I was like, it's me. I've got to do something different. No one's coming to rescue me. I've got to figure this out on my own. And so I sat up and I was willing to do whatever it takes to do something different. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it is, but I'm willing to do something different. And interestingly, I was so busy. It led to listening to podcasts because I was so busy all the time, like, you know, with three kids in grad school. So on the way to driving them to school, I would listen to podcasts and cleaning the dishes and just every opportunity I got, I started saturating my brain with different ways of thinking and it started to work and my life started to change. And so then in the end of grad school, I was like, I don't want to be a professor anymore. I want to be a coach. This is going to be my way. You know, academia was pretty stressful and we had a lot of departmental chaos and I was like, I don't want any part of this. And so I decided when I graduate, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to build a business and I've got a couple months to make it work, you know? And so I just hustled. And so in that first year of business, I went six figures. And so that whole process was a couple of years. And now I'm in my third year of business and my business keeps growing every year, money-wise and impact-wise. I change the structure of my business to make it easier and fun. And my money grows every year. And that's what I love to teach people because you can change yourself from the inside out pretty rapidly when you make specific decisions. So for me, it started with decision. It was like, first responsibility, right? Like it's me that needs to change. No one else is going to save me. There's no one else to blame except for myself and not in a negative way where you're beating yourself up with blame. It's like, let's be responsible here. Let's do something different. And then I really learned it's possible to completely change from the inside out and get completely different results. And then have that reflect on the outside. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, it's like, complete relationship overhauls, money changes, business changes, just the way you show up in the world completely changes. I tell people your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you've got to change what's within. So if you want outer results that are different, it starts within. You've got to start changing yourself. It's not an outer world thing that's going to change. Yeah. So you said so much there. I'm like, oh, which question do I start with next? Okay. (laughs) My first question is in your coaching business, when you're coaching somebody, do you help them recognize in their own businesses where they can make money with more ease? Definitely. Yes. Entrepreneurs and people in general way overcomplicate things. And I know because I've been there and done it too. (laughs) 
when I started my business, I was the opposite of scaling up. I had to scale down because <laughs> I would start everything and do everything and make it so big. And I was like, oh, let's make it simple. Yeah, narrow your focus to expand your freedom. Most people focus on way too many things. It spreads them very thin. And I would say this is very much in the money block of money causes stress, where it's like, I'm always maxing my plate to the point of burnout and frustration. And it's like, it, you never get to relax and people get really stuck in this one. Entrepreneurs often, I think are very addicted to stress. Mm, addicted to stress. Those are powerful words. Yes, there's a lot of emotional addiction happening. And when we think of addiction, we often think of external substances, but there's that internal substances that I am now discovering that we are addicted to. And that's why we keep repeating cycles, people. So, okay, that could be a whole other conversation that we won't go into. <laughs> the yes. other question that came to my mind when you were talking is that there are a lot of people who may be receiving assistance like food stamps or other governmental assistance. And subconsciously, they're afraid to make money because of that safety net disappearing. So yeah. what is something that you would say to those people? Yeah, that's a great one. Because I also want to say there's difference between needing to access resources and, and it being a tool for you to access as you build and do something new and create a new reality for yourself. Then there's a different mentality of, I don't really want to do much and I'm just going to let the government take care of me. If that's you go for it, you know, that's your choice. <laughs> for me, it was access tools. You need to grow yourself and decide, do I want to be empowered and move beyond this and create something totally different? Or do I want to stay in this comfort zone of safety? You know, it's always a choice. So people who are in that mode, it might be scary to branch out. And, and you know, there's that fine line. It's like, oh, you're not quite making enough to live without it, but then you don't have it. So then you, it, it's a very interesting, I, I could say trap sometimes that people get into. Yeah. And so my encouragement to people and inspiration is always go, how financially powerful can you be? Because I guarantee you it's way beyond that level of just getting by. And that's a choice. I believe that we are unlimited potential beings. And so it's up to you. Do you want to make 20,000 a year? Do you want to make 2 million a year? You know, like start on the path, a mindset of a person who has wealth consciousness and is abundantly living, isn't going to be stuck in the going like, ah, 20,000 is usually that's not it. Cause you can't live comfortably. You don't have freedom of choice when you're not making enough money. And especially, I think that we're very creative people who want to impact the world in a lot of different ways. And we want to create and, and it takes money, you know, money makes the world go around. Yeah. I love that. How powerful or wealthy can you be? And I love having that question be at the forefront of our mind versus, well, I don't want to make that too much or not enough. So thank you for that. Are there any last words that you'd like to share that I didn't ask you about? You know, empowerment wise, I think it's just always knowing that you have the power to create what you want. I think most people, <laughs> when I was really stuck, I always thought it was outside forces that were keeping me stuck. And I didn't really get that I could create my reality. You know, I don't even think I heard people say that. And if I did, I would have been like, yeah, right. Good one. Because you're in a position of this and that and the other. And I would have just thought they were full of crap and that they had never struggled before. <laughs> and, you know, now on the other side of it, I'm like, oh. Oh, it is true. Not until you get through that victim mentality. You know, when you're in that stuck place of real scarcity thinking in that victim mentality, you're going to be thinking 
they get to have it, but I don't, you know, they get to be wealthy, but somehow I don't. And I want people to just know that that's not true. You take small daily steps in a new direction of changing your mind around your limited beliefs. And you start seeing the potential within yourself and big, big things can change in a very short period of time. Really. It's a decision. So, you know, in the NFA way, no fucking around radical responsibility, decide, commit, take daily action and watch your whole life completely transform and your money reality transform in big ways. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And as you have said, recognizing is the first step and you do have a quiz on your website. I would encourage everybody to go and take it. I just took it myself. I have yet to read my report. I don't know what money type I am yet, but go and check out her website. It'll all be linked in the show notes. So you can take that quiz now. I really am a big proponent of self-awareness. And when we can become more self-aware of who we are, then we can actually make choices that align with our values. So thank you, Amanda, for staying with us, for helping people through their money blocks so that they can live a life of abundance. And, And I believe that's how we were truly meant and created to live from that place of abundance. So thank you for showing up on the Small Victories podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Here are this episode's takeaways. What you appreciate, appreciates. Until you make your unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Carl Jung. Rewiring your brain takes repetition. Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. If you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you have to change what's within. Narrow your focus to expand your freedom. Thank you to the listener for tuning in to another episode. I just want to thank you for taking the bold steps of recognizing where you might be blocking and self-sabotaging yourself. As I mentioned a, a minute ago, abundance is our birthright. And when we can live in that space, and if we need a little help to get through the limiting beliefs so we can live in that space, then we will be truly victorious. Thanks for tuning in. And until we meet again. Be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my path, way into the light. Lead me from shadows to light. You.
Show me what I need to see.